Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. So, as you might be able to tell from the title, today's episode is going to be on the problem with ideology. Uh, So this is another episode where I'm expanding on a previous episode, changing a bunch of stuff up. I took a bunch of more notes and, you know, changed it basically because I've done some more reading and I've basically found a better way to explain it. Uh, So yeah, and I'll also keep the trend going of not having all my typical intro advertisement stuff in the beginning. Put those at the end for those that stick around. So let's hop right into it. So in today's culture, everyone is kind of latching on to some sort of ideological group to identify with, a group to call to call, a group to call their home. You know, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Feminist, Humanist, Nihilist, Socialist, Communist, Marxist, Anarchist, Vegan, Christian, Atheist, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And on. Right, And these groups we identify with, it places walls between us, in a sense. And it shouldn't, and I don't want it to, right? But that's kind of the reality. They've created a world where dialogues once took place, or could have once took place. I don't know if I even want to say it did take place. I think it does, it it has been better um, in certain periods than it is currently, but... That, I guess, could be debated. But anyway, so the point is, so into one that is filled with ad hominem attacks. That's kind of an issue I think we face today. So in the U.S., we have, you know, President Trump constantly making emotional, illogical, incoherent, and crude responses to those he disagrees with, proclaiming, you know, it's us versus them, that mentality. Instead of having a world where sometimes we can peacefully agree to disagree Politics has created an atmosphere where both sides think, you know, they have virtue on their side. And when you think your side has this moral high ground, you begin to see the other side as well, you know, the other. The other that lacks moral virtue. Thus, when when the other lacks moral virtue, they lack some sort of worth in general. That's the way it's being portrayed as. So then disengaging and in turn perpetuating the problem. Thus, extreme polarization is brewing right now, consuming our culture and our world. But let's set some politics aside for a second, and I want to kind of try to explain this problem further and why I think it is actually a problem. Because I don't want to sound like an IDW, or if you don't know what that means, intellectual dark web, or kind of these people that talk about free speech all the time. That's not what I'm going to be getting at in this and I'm also not going to be getting at that identity politics is a plague on our society. Like, although I think ideology is a problem, I think the way those that talk like that about identity politics also are a problem because they actually happen to have a very kind of, I don't know if the right word is coherent, coherent identity around themselves, right? So I kind of want to separate this discussion from that. So, like I said, let's set the politics stuff aside. So now it's not necessarily bad to identify yourself with a group, right? Or ideology. It's it's in our human nature to identify ourselves with groups. It's more about being mindful of how we do that, right? So this identity we formulate helps us understand our world and our meaning in it, right? And kind of gives us a sense of purpose. And I don't think that's always bad. I think it actually helps, you know, group cohesion helps push forward good ideas and good causes and stuff like that. So this is not to criticize all groups. It's more of trying to to pinpoint toxic groups, right? But maybe we should step back and consider 
the possible toxicity of blindly following an ideology, closing our minds to new information and then leaving us susceptible to being taken advantage of by leaders of those ideologies. And I'll say I was I was kind of one, a person that was like that as well. Like I'm not innocent in a sense. It's maybe I, I became aware of it that I'm hoping to make others aware of when they're being taken advantage of by ideologies and groups. So should we consider the negative ramifications of proclaiming allegiance to a particular group? Yes. And let's consider rethinking those things we so passionately thought we knew that we proclaimed to be right, true, absolutely correct, right? Because let me tell you, my naive young 20 self learned a lot. He learned that he knows very, very little about the world. And maybe, just maybe, we should take a moment and consider humbling ourselves before we act a fool. Before we, before we arrogantly go out in the world acting like we know everything because of some stupid, ridiculous, wrongful sense of pride, right? So, let's consider the chains of ideology. So, I'm going to bring in... Uh, a guy that I've been reading about lately, uh, Jadu Krishna. And, I, and I'm and i going to use his short and last name to kind of make the flow of this episode easier. And I I, I encourage you all to go and, and check him out just because he, he's like more of like a, a thought-provoking uh, lecturer. But anyway, so he was a philosopher and world teacher that preached the importance of forcing yourself into a state of introspection. He did not want those listening to his words to blindly follow his lectures as he wanted all of us to understand our individual minds instead of following the minds of those that we perceive to have authority. And maybe the most important lesson to understand today is Krishna distrusted the labels people proudly embraced. He said, when you call yourself an Indian or a Muslim or a Christian or a European or anything else, you are being violent. Do you see why it is violent? Because you are separating yourself from the rest of mankind. When you separate yourself by belief, by nationality, by tradition, it breeds violence. So a man who is seeking to understand violence does not belong to any country, to any re- to any religion, to any political party, or par- partial system. He's concerned with the total understanding of mankind. You see... For Krishna, the ideological groups we we proudly fall in line with are what pull us out of a state of peace. And when our society is out of a state of peace, we inevitably have violence. And do you know what's fascinating? In violence, I'm using violence in a broad term before anyone gets too caught up on that word. I'm just going to leave it at that for today. Um, but yeah, so, so, and do you know what's fascinating by all of these various ideological groupings that inevitably end up colliding, you know, they just really just end up button heads, right? They all proclaim to have the moral high ground, to be justified and believe they are standing against something bad. Thus, by believing your group is right and the other wrong, you've created your own line in the sand to justify aggression, to justify hate, to justify disrespect. But when does, when does disrespect and hatred convince someone to join your cause, support your cause, become a supporter, support your beliefs, or respect them? The answer is it just doesn't. That just doesn't happen, right? It's not a good way to lead, right? And this has led me to, to a thought the other day. I've had, I've had related thoughts, but this one, 
kind of writing the, these notes up for this has kind of somewhat made this more clear, I hope, hopefully for you as well. Um, but anyway, why do politicians and the political talking heads, they never, ever, ever, okay, um, you know, almost never <laughs> change their minds about fucking anything? It drives me absolutely insane. I take in new information all the time and I'm like, shit, well, I was wrong about that. Allow me to insert that into the knowledge cack that I'll attempt to remember later on. That's what I try to do and I'm constantly trying to reevaluate the views I have, right? But guys like Ben Shapiro, Sam uh, Cedar, Dave Rubin, uh, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, um, shit, what's the the popular... <laughs> Uh, left podcast, Chapo Trap House. Not not a huge fan of them either. But they never they never change their mind. They believe all of their political views are right, true, and absolute. And that's why I don't really have super strong political positions anymore, right? Because I realized I was blinded to alternative information, right? I don't know why I keep saying right. I need to stop saying right. But anyway. They never change their mind. They believe all their political views are right, true, and absolute. But why? Because politics has become their career, thus their identity, their group. They live and breathe the stuff 24-7. They can't stop. They can't turn it off. This doesn't mean they're experts on it. I'm not saying just because they're constantly consuming it, they're by any means an expert because the people I listed, I purposely listed those, I would say they are far from the, the well-versed on the issues. They fail to check in on the even the most basic policy research that comes out. Policy research that is definitely more reliable information than these talking heads uh, portray, right? But yet they believe they are still right because it's their identity. It makes it, it makes a challenge to their, to the particular political identity hold those challenges that challenge their identity they become more resistant to it because it is their identity. We often see this same phenomena in religion, for example. So let's examine your ideology, right? What, what makes us identify with an ideology so strongly? Where does it lead us towards the desire to fight, argue, and debate others over, you know, supposed opposing ideologies? I think our strongest identifiable ideology is the one we find ourselves most outraged about. Because people enjoy the feeling of self-righteousness. We enjoy the feeling of our aggression being applauded or maybe better put, justified. A reaction that bleeds into a feeling of moral superiority. Now, this is not to say everyone is right and we should just stop all discussion, right? No, I'm, I'm saying the exact opposite. Be willing to consider the authority you've ascribed to right? That be willing to acknowledge that it doesn't hold all the answers or maybe doesn't have your best interests at heart. Politics is something our culture is in constant contact with through the media, social media, family gatherings, and the effects legislation has on our everyday lives. And for those in the U.S., it has more of an influence on your life at the state level than the national. Something to consider. That's a little side note. So consequentially, we find ourselves pulled into identifying with a particular uh, political group, pledging allegiance to someone else's cause, not ours. But what brings these groups together? Is it having similar perspectives or do they hold 
similar emotional responses to things facing society. People who identify themselves with certain ideologies identify with the outrage, the moral righteousness of that ideology. So libertarians, for example, they're outraged over abuses of power by the hands of government. Feminists are outraged by oppression of women by men. You have nationalists outraged by immigrants coming into their identifiable group, in this case, the country they were born into. Socialists are outraged by capitalism oppressing the working class. And then I also made a group uh, called, I call the meta-outraged. Outraged by people being outraged by everything that opposes their ideology. So what do they all have in common besides outrage? Well, they, they all point their outrage, their aggression, and their moral righteousness at perceived opposing ideologies. You see, the problem isn't even just that we believe our group's views are superior. It's that we assume that our views being superior means our humanity, the humanity of our group is superior, that we are more, more worthy of being because our group appears to me more worthy, right? So let's, let's kind of continue this trend of understanding our, our identity now instead of ideology. So once we've come into a group proclaiming our allegiance, our ideology becomes a part of our identity. And unfortunately, one of our, our minds, many mental shortcuts leads us to create this, this oversimplistic sort of uh, separations of various viewpoints. We reduce the complexity of various viewpoints, ideologies, and groups into simplified and digestible summaries. So this can lead to a very inaccurate assumptions of right and wrong, of us first them and good first bad. You see, much of our aggression, our anger, and our moral righteousness stems from an inaccurate narrative we created to protect our identity, to protect our ideology that we want to hold. So once we're in these groups, we seek out stories and information that fits our perceived preconceived narrative. Also, it makes us more apt to dismiss opposing evidence that goes against the identity we've created for ourselves. And for some reason, many of us find it problematic, uncomfortable, or even maybe more worrisome. We find it morally problematic to change our mind on an issue that is important. Sometimes we need to be willing to let go of past ideas, be open to change, even in those viewpoints you hold so dear. They are not you. That's not you, right? So, you see, when we go through life with our minds already made up about everything, right, you will embrace something that you perceive, often wrongly perceive, that you think reflects you, reflects who you are. You embrace stuff that reflects you more than it reflects the truth. So many of us go about our lives blind to the bias. So within these groups, we fail to confirm the facts and stories that support our narrative, making us easily fooled and more likely to spread false information. And that false information can sometimes be harmful. And that's something we need to be mindful of, right? So fool feminists by telling them a story about an oppressed minority. Fool libertarian by telling them a story of, of a corrupt politician. Fool a nationalist by telling them a story about a violent immigrant. You can fool a socialist by telling them a story about the fraudulent actions of a corporation. We cannot allow ourselves to be fooled by false stories merely because it fits our story that we already hold. It fits our belief that we already hold. Even if these anecdotal stories are true, 
we should be careful in using them as a method for acts of aggression at opposing ideologies. One example doesn't mean the, the views you hold thus are true. That doesn't, that doesn't logically follow. We should be conscious of our ideology's narrative and be willing to question the information being spread by our own ideology's perceived authority. And here's a quote from the philosopher Hannah Arden to help. And I hope I pronounced the name right. Uh, I just I've, I read her, but I've never actually heard her name pronounced. So bear with me there on that pronunciation. So to help summarize this better, she does a wonderful job of summarizing this. The result of a consistent and total substitution of lies for factual truth is not that the lies will now be accepted as truth, but that the, and the truth be defamed as lies but that the sense by which we take our bearings in the real world is being destroyed. I want to say that again because I kind of fumbled there. So substitution of lies for factual truth is not that the lies will now be accepted as truth and the truth be defamed as lies, but that the sense by which we take our bearings in the real world is being destroyed. Just kind of sit with that for a second, right? Now let's consider your circumstance. Taking all this in, let's consider our circumstances here. Because I want to bring this back to Krishna's point. We need to stop separating ourselves based on these arbitrary groupings. These arbitrary groupings are not like an intrinsic part of the universe that we all must follow and all fall in line with. No, no, they're created by us, right? We must understand we are in this reality together on one planet amongst many living creatures. And whether we want to accept it or not, We are one human group. So basically get over it, right? Accept that. (laughs) That's just part of our reality. So remember, those people, our narratives, those people our narratives appear to oppose have their own life story, narratives, environment, and upbringing that brought them into their current form. So although a part of us will probably always be tribal, we must learn the identities identities we hold are not set in stone instead of competing we must learn to cooperate our human species evolved to cooperate it's with our in our capability to turn us versus them into everyone versus nobody so putting aside our differences would be a wonderful miracle that brings world peace right but i'm not saying it's possible for all the differences to be set aside i'm not not foolish to that right nor is it realistic to have our various groupings from politics, nationalities, and religions to be cast aside. The point is, we have a choice to make. Do we question the groups we pledge allegiance to, even if it means questioning our identity? Do we question the authority we want, we grant to groups? Do we thoughtfully consider the positions of others? And should we take it upon ourselves to consider the complexities of our fellow humans' proclaimed identities? Because they are complex whether we want to accept that or not. The labels, narratives, and identities we create are fictional stories created by us. A group that is undeniable within us is that we are human. That's something we all share and all should remember. Only then can we reach a more constant state of peace instead of the habitual state of chaos. As always, thanks for listening. Check out the Patreon page for a bonus episode feed. There will be another bonus episode coming out this week so you can get the full list of those. Also, leave a review if you've been enjoying the episodes. Check out the Discord. You can feel free to email me. 
What other ways? I'm also planning an ebook at some point soon. It's going to be like a like a question book that also has lots of quotes and various thoughts mixed in. So I'm kind of working on that. I don't know when that'll be released. I just want to drop that now for those that are interested. And yeah, as always. Oh, and I got dropped a new YouTube video as well. So check out the YouTube channel using the links below. As always, peace and tune in next time.